What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu, Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, bring incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest is a chief foot officer and the owner of From the Ground Up Physiotherapy. Please welcome Greg Stern. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for being here. So you've got a very interesting story. Like you had something that kind of really happened to you at an early age that molded your life and kind of like catapulted you into the direction of where you are today. Can you give us a little bit of a backstory on what did happen to you when you were younger and what the buildup was to being a chief foot officer? Yes, absolutely. So I'm 29 now and uh, 10 years ago, playing flag football, I had an innocent ankle sprain and I had many prior ankle sprains, but this one just never healed properly. So I continued to play as one does when they're 19 years old. I was a quarterback, so I didn't really have to run too much. It was just catch and throw in the flag football league. But after the season was over, the ankle sprain just wasn't healing. So the pain kept persisting and persisting where I couldn't really stand barefoot for more than a few seconds without pain. And having had parents in the medical field, my dad's an emergency physician and my mom's a physiotherapist. And so I was going through physiotherapy myself. Yeah. And nothing was really working. Um, I was doing everything that they were prescribing. I was being very diligent with the, the exercises, but it kept going. And, you know, I was in a state where eventually it started getting worse and worse, where I couldn't do the things I loved anymore. And, you know, at 20, 21, this kept going on. Two and a half years into this problem, I eventually went and got ankle surgery. But that was really only the beginning of the problem because after my ankle surgery, I started developing hip problems and back problems. And so I was really just in a deep, dark space. Like at the time, I was thinking about applying to medical school, um, but my head wasn't in it because all I could think about was must get out of pain, must get out of pain. And so um, I diverted my path from medicine to physiotherapy myself. But along the way, I was, uh, you know, really self-educating via YouTube and through different seminars and whatnot along the way, trying to apply the different things I was learning, making some results, but really kind of being stagnant. But it was really only until I started taking like a deep dive to understand my body and start to look outside the confines of conventional therapies that I start to find some very smart people in the industry and start to make some progress. So that was a long journey of, you know, spending hours and hours in the gym, just, okay, let's try release things. And unfortunately, I had to do a lot of my own work because when I was going to physiotherapy myself, I found it was a very isolated approach. So it was like, in the physio's mind, it's like the site of pain is equals the site of problem. So we're just going to go and focus on the area that's in pain and do very isolated exercises, lots of manual therapy. But the moment I stand up, I'd feel a bit better, but then the pain would come back and the pain would come back. And it was just that roller coaster. And now having been now a physiotherapist myself, I know all too well that that cycle that people go to other clinics. But when they come to me, I'm all about addressing the root cause of the problem. So kind of fast forward many years later, dealing with tons and tons of pain. Now I'm at a point where I own my own clinic. I stand barefoot every day. I go hiking barefoot. Yeah. Like 10 kilometer hikes barefoot and I could do slack lining where I'm walking on a little line there. But it came from a process of really learning from smart people, being diligent, being open-minded and realizing that oftentimes like the standard institutional ways of educating don't cut it in terms of being as holistic as it needs to, to get to the root cause of what's going on for most people. 
I think a lot of times, like what you're saying, like, you know, that traditional way of doing things creates more problems for someone. Because if you're not finding the root cause problem, not only are they not going to be out of pain, but you're going to cause other problems because you haven't found the real true source. So what did you find after like you working on your ankle and everything, what the root cause was for you? Well, for me, it, this might sound funny. And for most people, when they hear the word flat and feet, they associate with that being a bad thing. Right. Right. You hear yeah. flat feet. That's, oh, it's bad. But you know who has flat feet in this world? LeBron James, Usain yeah. Bolt, many thousands of people. And it's not about whether a foot is flat or very arched. Okay. It's, does the foot move well? Right. And often the approaches and solutions, and one of them that I was given was orthotics and very orthopedic-like shoes that are very much braces. Sure. Now, if you came to me with a neck problem and I said, Dan, I'm going to just put you in a neck brace. Right. Aren't you going to give me some neck exercises, some right. ability, some strength, whatever? And of course I would. But for whatever reason, when it comes to foot health, our solutions don't really have logic to them because we we brace the foot. And mm -hmm. when I started going into what's called more natural footwear, which is the idea of a shoe that lets your foot function like a foot and mm -hmm. protects your foot, but doesn't impose on your foot. Meaning, you know, you've probably seen like those five finger toed shoes yeah. or things like that. Now there are other shoes that are available that are not like that, but are more like they're wider toe box, they're flexible, but they don't have those five fingers. So that, you know, they're more socially acceptable. We could certainly get into that. But the idea was getting into some shoes like that and then really educating my foot how to actually flatten well. So oh. just because a foot is flat, it doesn't mean it flattens well. And okay. most time people's feet are not actually like flat. They've just like lost, let's say, if you think about your foot and you lose contact with the outside border, then your foot just kind of gone in. But it's learning to actually spread out your feet because that's absorption. Right. Pronation, the word pronate, the, the idea that flattening or pronation means to widen, flatten, and spread and absorb the impact. And our feet need to be strong and mobile and not be reliant on orthotics and very stiff cushioned footwear, which is what most people think of when they think of good footwear. Yeah. So you're saying that those, so my husband has the five finger yep. shoe right. and those are good for you, huh? Yeah, they're definitely great. You know, one of the funny things that happened when, when those were released was that they actually got sued initially um, because imagine you ran 10 kilometers in your Asics or Brooks or you name your, you know, fanciest pair of, yeah. which is going to put that in quotation marks. Yeah. And you now run 10 kilometers basically barefoot with just a protection. That's like going to the gym for the first time and putting on 500 pounds and trying to bench press. <laughs> yeah. There's no adjustment for most people. So it is a weaning or transitioning process if you're so used to these maximalist like cushioned footwear that most people think are, you know, great and supportive and whatnot. So you shouldn't be wearing those kind of shoes. So if you're running like the, the cushion shoes, you should be wearing the, the, the five. Ideally, you're in some more natural footwear that lets your foot change shapes and move. Now, a caveat saying that like, you know, it's not natural for us to be running on concrete to begin with. So yeah. like your forest running a lot, like trail running, that's much better to be in like that more natural, uh, like the five finger or many of the other yeah. brands. Nice. But there are other brands that still respect what I like, which is to be wide, to be flexible and to be flat, but do still have some cushioning. So when it comes to being a concrete runner that you do still have a bit of help. But like when it comes to trail running, yeah, by all means you want to, as much feedback from the ground, it, you know, it, it, the better compared to, you know, blindfolding your feet with three inches of cushioning between you and the ground. Yeah. My husband's going to love hearing this. Yeah. Cause I kind of, 
I say they look so weird. I'm like, those. Oh, you know, our gloves look like our hands. I know, I know. But I, that's amazing to hear. Okay, so it took you a while, though, to become pain-free. Yes. So, and how was it? So you said that you had to work on how to your foot to be flat the right way. Yes, so flat as well as arched. Like, the foot needs to do both the things. It needs to be able to go down and go up, right? The idea, like, yeah. in trampoline, the ability to change, to to load, and then also learning, you know, one of the things that I've learned over time with my rehab and what I do with my clients is that rehab shouldn't look like little dinky exercises with elastic bands. It yeah. should mimic the demands of real life. So if you're a runner, and even if you're not a runner, most of my clients here will learn first how to squat, how to hinge, so like how to how to use their hips, how to use their knees, how to move in 3D, but then also get get springy, learn how to become like they do these little pogo jumps. So they they learn to develop some sense of elasticity in their body. As opposed to, you know, we get old when we stop being able to leave the ground and coming back with with a sense of confidence. You know, most people like they do a little jump like out, you know, it's, it's not natural not to be able to skip like when we were kids. Yeah. So that's funny you say that. I was just skipping with my niece and nephew on Tuesday and then I was running on the on the cement and I was just wearing like sketchers, nothing, nothing fancy. Yeah. And my left foot, like I was telling you before we started recording, is hurting me now. Like I couldn't walk yesterday. Yeah. And I, I'm just like, I don't usually get injured very often because I'm very aware. I'm very in tune with my body, probably more than most people. And yeah. so I'm just like, well, what the heck? Well, I, I, don't, I didn't do anything crazy, you know, but I, I don't know. Like, so if, if you're running on cement, what is a good way to counteract like maybe this pain that I'm feeling? Well, two things, you know, one, one time. Oftentimes we think about running softly and we sink yeah. the ground. So we, we hear those, this word run softly or land softly. And so instead of being like very rigid and elastic, we become very muscular nature. And when it comes to running, we don't want to be muscular. Actually, we want to be elastic. We want to be able yeah. to kind of pounce off the ground. The other thing is like you might be, you might have been landing a lot on your heel. Yes. This midfoot. And this is the, the, the idea that I want to teach people is how to stack your body. So like a very interesting thing to do would be like, all right, get into a split stance, like one foot in front of the other. You would bend your front knee a little bit and then you would take the back leg off just so that you're like fully committed to that front leg. All right. Okay. Falling. You'd just be like in a split stance, the back leg is off and then you kiss it back down. So you're fully on that front leg. Now, would you start a race? Like kind of, I mean, I don't know if everyone will see this, but would you start it lean back or where do you start oh, right forward? No. And everyone intuitively understands that. Yeah. But when it comes to actually, what happens is when most people bend their knee in this split stance position I'm yeah. talking about, their, their body in, innately yeah. leans back. And so they're hanging on their lower back and they're living in their heel. Mm. Instead of shifting their entire center of mass or their gravity with their nose over their toes mm. and feeling the ball of their foot and their calf kick on. That's kind of this essence of what I learned to do with my body was stack my body in order to, you know, just have the whole system working together because that's the key for pain is not necessarily um, focusing on the site of pain, but rather teaching the whole body to work in unison. And yeah. that's what I mean by this root cause approach that involves using the whole body and mimicking demands of life by being upright against gravity rather than doing like clamshells or some classic exercise that a lot of people are prescribed when they go for physio or physical therapy in the in the US. So even though you're in Montreal, you can work with people all over, right? Yeah. So I do virtual and then I have a program as well. Yeah. 
And you can you even besides your own success story, do you, can you share another story with us? Yeah, yeah, a client that you've worked with that had issues and you helped them. Yeah. So I mean, I've, I my job is extremely rewarding when I get to help people that have been kind of they've one they've had chronic pain for years and yeah. you know like you know I've tried everything I've been around the houses they've been to physio osteo massage just that. And then I come and I help them out and I get, they finally get back to, to, to doing the things they love. So many different examples of people with honestly years of chronic pain, get out of pain relatively quickly. I'm talking about within a few weeks. Oh, wow. Whereas before they were so afraid to move their body and they move it robotically as a whole. And part of what I do with people is, is just get them, learn to relax their body, use their whole body and this guy had six years of pain and within six weeks he was out of pain. So, you know, finally able to get back to doing the things they loved. Another one with knee pain. Like, I mean, it's kind of the same story every day in my, like of what happens, yeah. um, which is great. But it, what also saddens me is when I hear when they say they've tried everything, mm-hmm. what they really tried is an approach that has barely scraped the surface of what, you know, physical therapy is meant to be physical. Yeah. But it, most of the time it's, lay in a table and I'm there to be fixed by my therapist and yeah. mainly focusing on hands-on work. But again, like, as I mentioned at the beginning, that's only temporary and it's not really going to change how your nervous system changes, how it moves the moment you stand up from the table. Yeah. I I've heard of people going to physical therapy for a very long time for issues and never, it never really getting better. And to me, I just think that's crazy. Like, I feel like there's so, something that is not happening right there where they're not getting the benefit of the f- the physical therapy that they should be getting. And what are your thoughts on that? It's what they're getting is the temporary high of the relief for those two, three days. Yeah. And then it will, there's two things that happen. One, their therapist. And again, this has nothing to do with like the quality of that individual or their malintent. It's yeah. just the lack of education and they weren't forced to really solve their own issues. Cause I think what lacks in physio is, is, education of movement like i should have a project of learning how to move my body while i'm in school because how can i coach someone how to move if i don't know how to move myself so literally within school you don't know how to you're not really coached how to coach yeah and so that's a huge problem and the other thing is yeah that temporary fix that you know merry-go-round wheel of all right feels a little bit better and then what the the physio will often say is like you're not doing your exercise you're not being diligent like no i am it's just the exercises you're giving me are not cutting it because they're not really bridging the gap between rehab and regular everyday life. Yeah. I just, yeah. Okay. I love it. See, cause I've always like, my God forbid I ever have to go to physical therapy, which I have not, but I'm, I've heard stories and it's just like, they don't ever get better. And I'm like, that's just crazy to me. So if someone wants to work with you and they have like, like say a back problem or something like that, what does it look like when they come to you either in office or virtually? Yeah. So essentially, you know, I always say like the goal of the first session is to to get to know each other and also understand like what, what your story is because your injury history makes a big difference. So let's say I'm coming to you, coming, well, you're coming to me for back pain, right? Yeah. And you had an ankle injury 15 years ago. No, it's nothing. It doesn't hurt anymore. But what happens if your brain neg- never got comfortable reloading back onto that area that the way it does on the left? Yeah. So what happens is, is that your body needs to find new strategies in moving. And so you get on with life. It's very important to understand that injuries leave a legacy on the body. So I want to make sure I really understand someone's history, um, what their movement activities are, what their thoughts about movements. We could talk about posture because that's a huge thing. 
But then I'm just going to look at how their body's moving. Very simple stuff. So like I'll ask them to bend down, to touch their toes, sure. to lean back, to run their hand down the side of the leg, to side bend, to rotate. And I'll, you know, depending on the shoulder issue, I'm going to look at how their shoulders are moving. Just different movements that give me information. I get them on the table. I'm doing some different, very basic things, tests that give me information. Yeah. I, sit, I sit back down, sit someone back down. And then the key thing is to explain someone what's going on without diagnosing them. So I love the label, you know, the, the idea of your, your podcast is that label free. Yes. And this is what I think is really important for most people to understand when they're in pain. So if you've been in pain and we'll call it, you have knee pain, you yeah. probably go to a doctor and they'll tell you, you have patellofemoral syndrome or IT band syndrome or tendonitis or jumper's knee. And there's all these scary sounding words. Okay. Like there are these important labels that we now, like, if you're not educated in this field, you now internalize this label as this is something I'm going to have for the rest of my life. And that's a huge thing because people will come to me and tell me that, that you know, I had patellofemoral syndrome. How? Yeah. Present tense. Like what, right. when, when did you, you know, when did you start experiencing pain? Oh, 10 years ago. Do you still have pain? No. But like they still think that label is a part of that. Yeah. And so that's a huge thing to understand that like what I'll literally do is I'll draw out a picture of a foot, a knee, a bum, and a back. And let's say they're dealing with that, with an, a knee issue. Yeah, I'll say, you know, remember that test when I asked you to push down and you couldn't really hold me on that side, but the other side you could? Yes. Okay. So let's just say for the sake of argument that every, let's say your calf muscle, your yeah. foot, your hamstring, your quad, your bum, everything is supposed to do their fair share. Let's say we said five parts, 20% each. Yeah. Now, what I'll do is I'll literally draw it down. Like, All right. So let's just say your calf and your hamstring muscles are not doing enough. We'll give it 5%. Arbitrary, but it's just to give them this illustration. Sure. And then remember when I got you on your side here and I asked you to push up and you couldn't really hold it. So your bum is not firing the way I like it to. Okay, 5%. Yeah. Well, basically, as you could see, and I draw it out, your knee is right now taking on 80% of the load. Wow. And you see that's a problem. Yes. Okay, what's yeah. the problem? It's doing too much. Okay. So what you know what we want to do is go from here to here where everything is doing its job. That's my diagnosis. You have a load management issue. You, things are just being overused. And you see these percentage points? Okay. And let's say they're a runner and like, they want to get back to running and like within a few weeks, like they're back to feeling good. And you know, now instead of 5%, I'll draw like 10%, 10%, 10%, but there's sure. still 60% of the, of the knee, for example. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, I want to get back to running. You think I'm ready? I'm like, well, do you still see that there's a problem? So what we need to do is get you back into these leaping and hopping drills that are going to actually like supersede what running is because it's actually harder to hop on one leg than it is to do uh, running, which is alternating. And if you're comfortable hopping without pain, then I'm 100% sure you're going to be able to go back to, to, to running. But yeah. unless we stress test you here, we don't just guess when you're ready to go back. We want to like solidify it with yeah. your own evidence. Wow, I feel confident. And that's the key thing is rehab is about skill development. It's not just about massaging it out. It's skill development, like teaching them how to load their legs, jump, move in three dimensions, really give their body confidence. And then people leave here with their legs quivering and they're like, holy crap, like I thought I was strong. It's like, well, because I'm being very deliberate with my coaching, people's nervous system like gets like a plus, plus, plus. And they're now they're like, oh my God, yeah. I'm confident to go back. And so it, it, we could do everything without saying patellofemoral syndrome. Yeah. Like, or, or any of the syndromes. And I find that doctors are doing a disservice to people 
when they give a label and now someone associates with this itis as something that's really wrong with them. And it's nothing wrong with them. It's just, it's a movement issue. I love it. I totally love it. I'm on the same page with you. I am. Yes, I totally agree. So if I ever get injured, I'm coming to you. Where can people find you, connect with you and learn more? Yeah, absolutely. So the name of my clinic, as you mentioned, is From the Ground Up Physiotherapy, but on all social medias, it's Ground Up Physio. So Ground Up Physio, P-H-Y-S-I-O. And I have a movement program. Um, it's a mobility and strength program that basically teaches the exact same system that I use with my clients on a daily basis that I package together. It's like a 15-minute daily routine that teaches you how to use your hips, how to load your legs, how to get more foot mobility. So it's really intended for anyone dealing with any sort of lower body issue. Okay. And that name of the program is called Rebuild Your Body from the Ground Up. And you'll be able to find that through my my socials as well. That's all linked in there. And yeah, so that's how people could find me. Excellent. You guys, if you connected with Greg, if you're having some kind of ailment, some kind of pain and a need to work with a knowledgeable person that's going to actually find the root cause of that pain and help you fix it, uh, go ahead and click the links in, in the show notes and go follow him on social and to go check him out. I'm sure you would be very happy to do so. Greg, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? I would say that, you know, th- there's a, a very nice quote right behind me yeah. that was said by Conor McGregor. And it just says, an injury is a process. It's not just a process of of recovery. It's a process of discovery. So this idea that if you could reframe an injury as an opportunity, um, you know, for me, when I was having my ankle injury, I was really depressed and not in good space 10 years ago. But because of my ankle injury, so obviously at the time, that was not, that was the only thing on my mind. Yeah. But now today, 10 years later, I own a clinic called From the Ground Up talking about foot health. And so things could be blessings for you and you have to reframe, okay, you know, if I have a weakness, that's potential. And being followed by the right person, by being guided, no one's there to fix you. You need to take personal responsibility for your own health. No one could do it for you. Of course, you want to be held, like handheld by someone who could guide you in the right direction, but yeah. you are the only one that's responsible for your own health. Totally agree. Wow. Boom. Amazing. I wish there were more people like you out there helping others with their injuries and, you know, within physical therapy. But thank you so much for what you do. Obviously, very knowledgeable. And I, if, if this foot doesn't get better, we'll be having another conversation. <laughs> but thank you very much for what you do, Greg. We really appreciate you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radalescu, Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live Label Free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.